ShotGlassDigital.com. Attention, everyone. This is an emergency broadcast. The unpleasant noise you are about to hear coming from your radio is not a mistake. Please do not turn on your radio, but turn up the volume on your receiver as high as it can go. Well, hello again, everyone, and welcome to Rock Out Loud, the Rock Out Loud of the Patreon Marathon Day. We've got a live audience of like 5,000 people listening at Mixer.com slash Big Honkin' Show, and uh, man, the Patreon is rolling along. If you're catching up later and you're hearing this a few days after when the uh, podcast has actually been posted, you're catching the podcast feed, head over to Patreon.com slash geek out loud patreon.com slash geek out loud and join the rest of the members of the goaliverse who have helped support uh the the geek out loud the goaliverse the rock out loud the mark out loud the disney vault talk the big honking show the know what i'm saying they've all helped support it join those folks at patreon.com slash geek out loud this of course is rock out loud it's the head banging portion of the Goliverse. This is where we throw the horns up and we don't give a duke. With me as always, the real rocker in the family of the Goliverse, ladies and gentlemen. The real rebel. And with a rebel yell, she cried more, more, more. My friend, your friend, the quite awesome Kristen from Jersey. What's up, Kristen? Nothing much, guys. Are you ready to get rocked? Let's get rocked! <laughs> I'm ready. The um, I know you don't. I know you don't follow the wrestling all that much, Kristen. Um, uh-huh. With the mark out loud and what have you. But way back several years ago, Ozzy Osbourne was on a WrestleMania show. Really? Yeah, but now he didn't. He didn't perform, mind you. He was just there supporting a tag team called the British Bulldogs. Okay. And uh, he comes out at the end. The British Bulldogs, who were the good guys, they won. They won the the, the championship belts and what have you. And uh, <laughs> Ozzy's just standing there, young Ozzy, mid-80s. And uh, the interviewer turns to him and says, Ozzy Osbourne, what do you think of this? And all he goes is, British Bulldogs forever! That's all he, <laughs> that's all he gave. That's all he Was had. Was this like when Ozzy had like his feathered hair and his like, yes. black, yellow like, outfits? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was mid, mid-80s. This was like 85, 86-ish. So okay. I think 86 trying to visualize it <laughs> definitely definitely well how are things going my friend you things went- are awesome i went to journey last i was week. about to say you went and saw journey how was that um fabulous i went from the worst seats to the best seats so that was really cool how did that happen because i got this text from you where you were all like they've moved me to front row center yeah, well, me and my aunt, whenever we go to shows, and it's like a lawn show, we're always in the lawn, and we don't want to deal with the drunken people, so we go all the way to the tippy-tippy-top dead center, mm-hmm. which is section 16 in Camden, and we're sitting in section 16, and this dude comes up to us, and he's like, what are you guys doing, and um, why are you all the way up here, and we're like, you know, we don't like to hang out with like the drunks, we just like to dance and have a good time and sing and just enjoy the music, 
So we start bantering back and forth, and he's like, all right, well, like, what if I told you that in my pocket right now I eighth row center? And I was like, I'd say, what? And we start talking, and I'm like, this is like a men in black moment. Like, I've only ever heard of these things, taking people from the worst seats to the best seats. So he pulls tickets out, and he's like, well, I don't have eighth row. I have sixth row. And I was like, give me those tickets right now. And we are literally dead center for journey and we got doused to confetti and who did who did this person end up being he worked for live nation so he was just like this dude and he's always there because i always see him Mm -hmm. so of course when i go see Uh oh we lost tickets it was a blast we lost we lost you for a second there so he's from live nation Always at that venue. Okay. So when I see him at Def Leppard, I'm gonna be like, "Oh my God, thanks so much. That was really great. Do you have any tickets for tonight?" <laughs> uh, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, get up in there. I, I'm gonna be happy with my lawn seats at Def Leppard, I believe. Oh, um, I will be too. But I will like have a, like a panic attack on the floor if I got upgraded for Def Leppard. <laughs> I can't. I, I just. I'm just saying. I'm the old man that wants to stay back and just kind of <laughs> watch and listen and and see and and enjoy. So. Um, well, thanks for taking time on your Saturday, Kristen, to jump in on this thing with me. Of course. It was this in the NHL draft. That's all my plans. And how's the NHL draft going right now? Let's do a little hockey talk on Rock Out Loud. We'll do Hawk Out Loud. Hawk Out Loud. Well, I mean, it's going pretty good. It was in Philadelphia, so I'm kind of sad I wasn't there. Mm-hmm. But they said it was like the best draft ever, the atmosphere and all that sort of stuff. And now we're in like the later rounds, so it's going really fast. But, you know, we got defensemen last night, and we desperately need them. And we're kind of like building our baby teams with defensemen. So, yay, hopefully okay. in the future we won't have a crappy defense. All right, well, go Flyers, right? <laughs> yeah, orange right. and black, baby. There you go. All right, well, we've got some emails we're going to get into before we get into We're We're talking hysteria today. We figured what was special enough for the Patreon Marathon, for the Goal Marathon, hashtag Goal Marathon on Twitter and social media where you're using it. We figured what better way uh, to do something special than talk about one of the greatest albums by a band we both love and we've really put off talking about because we love them so much. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we're going to be talking hysteria today. But before we do, let's get in these emails. This comes from, um, I'm, I'm going to say, Karan uh, uh, or Karen Pandur. Remember how excited we were about Jorge from Spain? Yes. <laughs> uh, New Delhi, India, Kristen. New we Delhi. are just worldwide. Worldwide. more. I mean, like we're getting more worldwide emails here than we are at any of the other shows that, we, that I do. Uh, he says, Dear Stephen, Kristen, you are my new favorite podcast. I came across Rock Out Loud through a series of proxies. I'm a huge Arrow fan, and Stephen Amell posted a link to another podcast called Quiver. That's by our good friend Mike Cohen. Their co-host Mike led me to goal, which led me to this rockin' podcast. I obviously binge-watched all of them. I wasn't going to download the Matchbox 20 episode, but then I heard Like Sugar on the Road Trip episode, and, well, damn. You made me fall in love with Matchbox 20. I agree, Steve. Rest stop is like is cold like only a woman could be. <laughs> <laughs> I love listening to Afterlife. Another good one from Avenge Sevenfold is Dear God and Warmness on the Soul. Thanks for the episode on Bon Jovi. I've been meaning to listen to their work for some time, but couldn't decide where to start. I'm a vocalist myself in high school. I performed Summer of Here Without You and Kryptonite by uh, Three Doors Down, 69 by Brian Adams, or Summer of 69 by Brian Adams, Warmness by Avenged Sevenfold, Two Steps Behind by Kristen Knows Who. Yeah, buddy. Yes, sir. (laughs) Def Leppard, Hollow Years by Dream Theater, Lips of an Angel by Hinder. Man, that song got played out when it was big. Uh, Can't Stop in Snow 
by RHCP, Angels by Robbie Williams, How to Save a Life and Never Say Never by The Fray, uh, Diary of Jane by Breaking Benjamin. I want to know your thoughts on the relatively newer rockers like Hinder, Daltrey, Breaking Bad, um, not Breaking Bad, Breaking Benjamin. <laughs> I was, did he, he just put Breaking B, and I was like, I went immediately break, but Breaking Benjamin, Nickelback, Three Doors Down. Personally, I love them all, especially Hinder. Check out their cover of Born to Be Wild and Bed of Roses. Wait, Hinder did a cover of Bed of Roses? I have never heard this because I don't listen to Hinder. <laughs> I don't. I, I don't really listen to Hinder much either. Um, I'm scared to because Kristen, we both love Bed of Roses so much. Yeah, it's one of the songs. I'm like, you really shouldn't touch it. It's like a Queen song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I also love covers. Oh God, are you typing it? Are you finding it right now? I am. I'm, I'm <laughs> so scared. I don't know what to do here. Um, I'm not gonna ask you again, sir. I'm sorry. Oh, the police have got me. <laughs> no, Hinder. They're like Hinder, uh, sir. Hinder does not need to cover Bed of Roses. Hinder does not need to cover Bed of Roses. We got an ad. We're getting through. Uh, Kristen, I'm going to do this. I'm going to let this play a little bit, okay? Okay. Sitting here wasted and wounded at this old piano Trying hard to capture the moment This morning I don't know Cause a bottle of vodka still lodged in my head Some brown gave me nightmares Think that she's still in my bed As I dream about movies they won't make of me when I'm dead With an ironclad fist I wake up a French kiss the morning while some marching band keeps its own beat in my head while we're talking about all of the things that I long to believe about love and truth what you mean to me and the truth is I had to let it play to the Baby, chorus here Chris you're all that I, I gotta hear how he does on the chorus I'm on the fence, Kristen. I'm I am too. I was I was good until the chorus happened. Yeah, that me too. I was like, I like this. I like it to like. I like that they're not trying to be exactly Bon Jovi. I like that you know there's a nice, um, a, a good uh, acoustic feel to it. When the dude kicks in with the harmonies, I'm like, I'm cool with that. But then he hit that chorus. And I'm just like, no, it doesn't work for you, Henderman. <laughs> The gravelly voice doesn't work. No, on it really the doesn't. Yeah. It has to be smooth. It really doesn't. You know, I was thinking that's a show we should do is like our favorite cover songs. Oh yeah, and there's I, some good ones. Well, <laughs> and I started thinking about mine, and it's like like three of them are from Guns and Roses. I'm like, this doesn't seem right, but well, a lot of mine are from Marilyn Manson. Well, so. there you go. All right. Um, how do you? We've talked a little bit about '90s stuff, but not a lot of these newer guys. Uh, the Daltrey, the Breaking Benjamin. We've talked a little bit about Nickelback, uh, Three Doors Down, or the ones he mentioned. Um, any any of those names stick out to you as being particularly people that you enjoy? 
Um, no, only because uh, I have a thing with like modern like radio rock bands, Quote yeah. Fingers, that I feel like they all sound almost exactly the same. Mm-hmm. So new bands that I like, like I like Avenged Sevenfold, I like um, Papa Roach, I like Buck Cherry, like bands that you can distinguish from like the rest of them. A lot of those bands, to me, to my ear, sound very similar, and I'm like, who is this? Is this Nickelback? Wait, that's Shinedown? What? So I don't, I don't really dig on right, them. Right, right. Uh, you don't like Shinedown? No. <laughs> the hmm. dude really creeped me out when I saw them live one time. Okay. I dig Shinedown, some of their stuff. Um, they're, I, mo- as far as like just newer stuff goes... I have really keyed in on like Alter Bridge and Miles Ken- and anything that Miles Kennedy sings, you know, especially stuff I- I've talked about it. I've gushed over it as much as we've gushed over Def Leppard. I love Slash's collaborations with Miles Kennedy. I just do. And um and you're always strangely silent when I start talking that stuff. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not because it's so funny because I feel like you talking about Miles Kennedy and Slash is the equivalent of me talking about live music. Like you talk about it every podcast. I think, <laughs> I, just think it's, I think it's adorable. Like, you, you have your new thing where you're like, no, I do you love them so much. Slash and Miles Kennedy. You guys don't understand. You don't understand just how good they are together and how and how just effortless he sings and how. And how much I kind of wish I was as good looking as he was. Just ever so, he's one of those people who just has this look that it's like, you were born that way, and it makes me sick that you were born that way. <laughs> so um, anyhow, just let me be you for a day, dude. That's right. Gabe uh, Gabe chimes in uh, from Nashville. He says, "Hey, Stephen, Kristen, I'm greatly enjoying your shows. I wanted to point out two bands you didn't mention that I love, and I think you'd love as well. Well." Be careful. The two that I'm thinking of match the subject title of this email are um, Eve Six, they're Matchbox 20 related, and Meatloaf, which is related, he says, to power ballads. Uh, first, Eve Six. I will swallow my pride, I will chuck on the rind, but the lack thereof would leave me up to inside. You know what I'm talking about? See, that is an Eve Six song. I always go to Here's to the Night because that was my graduation song oh, in sixth grade. Okay, In sixth grade? Yeah. Gee whiz, I was in college when Eve Six were a thing. Well, um, a little younger. <laughs> he says, they're probably my favorite band of all time. Every single one of their CDs has excellent, catchy songs. I didn't know they did more than one. I thought they kind of were a flash in the pan. Shame on us. Shame yeah, on us, Steve. Shame on both of us. Every single one of their CDs has excellent, catchy songs. Their best album of all time, in my opinion, is Horror Scope. Not Horoscope, but Horror Scope. It is a masterpiece from front to back. It's got the 80s vibe with the 90s style mixed in. Each song is a masterpiece, and you should absolutely check it out. The best song, though, is a new one called Lost and Found. It's a masterpiece in and of itself. Gabe really throwing the masterpiece around here a lot. Uh, As a songwriter myself, I truly wish I could write something like this. Well, now, this is a songwriter telling us to check this out, so maybe lyrically is what he's looking at. Yeah, maybe maybe we'll be on the same path there. Let's check out Eve 6, Lost and Found. You want want to do that real quick? Let's do it. This is fun. I I wasn't planning on doing this. i got to get back over there now. Um... Eve six, lost and found. All right, let's let's give them a let's give them a check. Um, let's check and see how it sounds. I I don't know what to expect here. Heaven, can you hear me? I am calling from a landline. I need a good connection. I feel like I'm losing my mind. Shaking 
Um, part of me feels like I need to give this as much time as we gave the cover of Bed of Roses. But you're not liking this one? I'm not. I'm not. Kristen, I'm sorry. Are you? I mean, it's listenable. Yeah, it's. I like the. I like the. Um, it's got this. It does have musically a feel that I like. I wasn't that blown away with the with the lyrics and the rhyme scheme and such as. Yeah, I was. I was listening. I'm like, ah, oh, it's okay. Yeah, it's I mean, okay. I, I can't call it a masterpiece. Um, but you know what? Everyone. That's the thing. Is like every song. I think is someone's favorite. Every, I know that's a stupid, a, a stupid thing to say. But I feel like, you know, there's some people, we all just have different things going on, you know? Yep. So, um, all right. Uh, we'll continue on. Meatloaf. He yes. Oh, I could go on forever about this guy. A big man with an equally big voice with a powerful story. He and Jim Steinman made rock and roll history with Bad Out of Hell. I mentioned this guy as a power ballad singer because he sings some of the most beautiful songs ever written. I would, rec- I would recommend checking out Rock and Roll Dreams Come through uh blind as a bat and i would do anything for love but i won't do that by the way that is the line before every chorus so (laughs) what he won't do is something that he just won't do it's not he would do anything for love except one thing he's just saying he won't do something he just he he won't do something he mentioned anyways hope this wasn't too long of course it wasn't gabe keep it going let me know if you like the two bands i mentioned all right we're on the fence and not even so much on the fence uh, on eve six but we're Meatloaf people, right? I love Meatloaf. I listened to Meatloaf on the way home from work last night. I listened to Bad Out of Hell start to finish. I hear you. That album's so perfect. And when I go Meatloaf ballad, I go two out of three ain't bad. I love two out of three ain't bad. Mm. Did he do two out of three ain't bad? Yeah, it's on Bad Out of Hell. It's track four. Is that a cover? I don't think so. I thought two out of three was someone else. No, it's not because I watched the classic albums of it. And Jim Steinman talks about how when he was writing it, he didn't know if everyone would understand the Cracker Jack box thing. You're right. You're right. I'm, I'm looking at it right here in, in the meatloaf. I've got, uh, I don't have a lot of meatloaf. I've just got, I've got the two out of three ain't bad. And I've got, uh, got this little, got this little ditty here. Oh, Paradise by the Dashboard Light. So good. Now, Kristen, here's a neat, here's a neat uh, geek um, connection for you with Meatloaf. Um, back in the 80s, they were doing a, a campaign for Special Olympics. Marvel Comics was doing a special campaign for, like, Special Olympics. And when... Um, and in the back of the uh, every comic, it would have meatloaf. It was meatloaf, uh, uh, you know, in comic book form, uh, talking about I'm rocking out, but I want to help these Special Olympics. Who can help me be a hero for them? And the and the Marvel heroes all show up, and like you could order a a meatloaf, you could send off. The proceeds would go to help the Special Olympics, and it was a meatloaf song written especially for that. That's awesome. That he did with the Marvel comics. I hear the song's not that great. Um, I've never heard it. <laughs> but uh but my friend Michael Bailey has and and he talks about it's really not that that great. Not taking it. Yeah. Hey, I guess when you have the 10th best selling record of all time, I guess you could take some liberties and throw some clunkers out there. Yes, indeed. Well, you know, is is I'm sorry, is Bad Out of Hell the 10th best selling record of all time? Yep. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I, did, I didn't know that. That's I mean, that's something that you can take to your grave. 
It's right between Led Zeppelin 4 and Jagged Little Pill by Alanis Morissette. What's the number one? Something by the Beatles? No, it's Thriller. Oh, yeah, that's right. Thriller. Thank God for Michael Jackson. Um, <laughs> did I just say that out loud? Anyhow, all right, here we go. Matthew chimes in. Phantom Rider says, that's twice, Glosson, twice. Uh-oh. He says, I think I'm going insane, but I just had an epiphany, Kristen. I think God put one Stephen F. Glosson on this rock for no other reason but to continuously find ways to get between me and a date. Like the great C. August Dupin. I don't know who that is. Auguste Dupin. Let me expand on this story, if I may, or this theory. So, several months, so still several months fresh from the Know What I'm Saying fiasco, your humble narrator is borrowing a rental car. It's a very nice rental car that had been given to charge to me uh, to help someone out. So, before I meet this person, I go to pick up some things from the one of a thousand Starbucks in the area. Seeing as I tend to share my normal car with my sister here, and she, like many career women, have an addiction to coffee shops, I tend to be in the car on trips to this place. Working there is a very pretty, blonde-haired, blue-eyed Princess Aurora type. In the past, we've traded our a couple of looks and private smirks. So the, so the day I'm going to the Starbucks is the day I'm in a hot car and decided that today is the day I ask her out. Now, I'm behind on the latest Goalaverse podcast of the previous week, and I'm catching up after the radio had become tedious. I'm in the middle of Rock Out Loud, enjoying Kristen and Steve Banner, actually smiling at the teasing of the storm Steve was threatening with his guilty pleasure. Little did I know. Oh, no. Little did I know. <laughs> so beyond being nervous of asking this fair barista out, I'm also somewhat barrel-chested and thus in this rental car. I'm kind of big for the smaller area of the driver's side, so I'm struggling to fish up my wallet for my jeans, which is irritating this messy-haired artistic type behind me who seemed to have found a use for his car horn. Then the music started. That music that haunts you in elementary school, being raised on Boston and Def Leppard, and yet being treated like a freak because you had the audacity to suggest there was something wrong with your classmates for liking three blonde-haired teens who didn't, who didn't even sing real songs with real lyrics. Worst of all, as I was so close to the window, I could only do one thing. I can either turn down the volume or rip out my wallet, all the while the beautiful blonde sticks her head out the window to find out why I haven't pulled up yet. While I fought my jeans and the words angrily muttered, No, Steve, no, no, Steve, no, were uttered that morning in the blasphemous songs Crescendo built, and Steve encouraged everyone to sing along with him. So you can only imagine the sight of a tall, broad guy that could be mistaken as a supernatural cosplayer pulling up in a snazzy sports car blaring Hanson from its radio, all of it accompanied by the dulcet mating call of Steve Glosson's jovial singing voice, a truly romantic interlude not seen since The Seagull from Little Mermaid. Oh my god her response was a guttural heh of mock i saw in her crystal eyes not a charmed willingness to go out with me but eagerness and how funny this story is going to be on her facebook page when her shift was over with my cookie and friend's iced tea i squinched my eyes shut pinching my sinuses i drove away in judgment that's twice glossin twice who would have thought the constant danger of listening to the goal of verse to a single male just looking for a date thanks guys i appreciate it Way to be a life ruiner, Steve. Yeah. Well, you know, um, he had some problems. Carl and I had a show called Know What I'm Saying, and, and he, he picked up like a load of girls and had the podcast going. And at one point, we mentioned the word that should not be mentioned, uh, and it just turned the whole car off to him. So, sorry. Sorry, Matthew. Uh, better luck next time. I have no guilty pleasure songs here, so you can uh, drive up like a man when we start getting into hysteria.
Oh, yeah, and you can yeah. blast these songs. That's right. And you can just pull up to, to your barista and be like, I get hysteria. Um, anyhow, uh, Jonathan Schwartz chimes in. Dear Stephen Kristen, I'm a new listener of the Rock Out Loud podcast. I really enjoyed the last episodes of Roll. I know you've already covered feel-good songs, but I have a ton of feel-good songs from a lesser-known band from Massachusetts called Waltham. Waltham. You know them? Kristen, do you know them? Where is everybody? <laughs> have I lost you, Kristen? No, I can hear you. Can you hear me? No, you're breaking up pretty bad. This is not good. Not good at all. Do you want to hang up and call back? Yeah, let me let me let me do that. Let me pause the recording here real quick. And all right, we're but back recording. I have not heard of this band. <laughs> yeah, Waltham 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 the band dot com. They're a newer band, although not as active as they once were in the mid two thousands. They still release new cuts on iTunes. Their lyrics are directly inspired from eighties movies. I saw an interview with lead guitarist and principal songwriter Dave Pino. He said that he wrote Waltham's first album after watching Fast Times at Ridgemont High all day long while working as a car wash attendant. How cool is that? That is cool. That's pretty awesome. Um, I'm going to check these guys out later. I, I haven't, uh, I haven't had a, I hadn't had a chance to check them out yet, but I'll definitely check them out later. That's W A L T H A M Waltham Waltham Waltham. How do you say that, Kristen? I would probably say Waltham. Okay, Waltham. I'm gonna I'm gonna defer to you. You're going to defer to the New Jersey accent. All right. That's right. That's right. Paul writes in from Return to the 80s. He says, Rock Out Loud is still my favorite podcast. Each episode just keeps getting better and better, and then the internet craps out. Uh-oh. Yeah. It's like going from Slippery When Wet to New Jersey. Wow. It's like going from Pyromania to Hysteria. Kristen, he's like giving us some huge props here. I know. This is like massive. Yeah. It's like going from yourself or someone like you to Mad Season. Love it. <laughs> wow. Hey, I return the 80s. I don't get stuck there. Matchbox 20 rocks. That's what I'm talking about, Paul. Anyway, although I've been enjoying the Hanson talk, let's not forget about another band of brothers who have long blonde hair, Nelson. <laughs> Can't live without your love and affection. It's a great feel-good song. Actually, the whole After the Rain album is awesome. Absolutely love your Power Ballads episode. First of all, I pretty much agree with Kristen about Sting. Aw. Yeah, the only in the difference, corner. The only difference is that I do like The Police. Synchronicity 2 rocks, even though I don't understand a word he's saying. However, I can't listen to Sting's solo stuff. I can't put a finger on it, but there's some kind of whine in his voice that grates on me. Let's put it this way. Unless there's a Scorpion Deathlock involved, I get death bored with Sting. Paul is referencing The Wrestler just then. <laughs> now let's go uh, through some more power ballads. I was so happy you guys included Warrant. I love both the songs you picked. Sometimes She Cries is also a great song. So good. But my favorite song of them uh, by them is Blind Faith. So good. I love the album version. I also have the single of Warrant's cover of we, we Will Rock You. Warrant did a cover of We Will Rock You? Heck yeah, they did. I've got to check that out. Well, there's an incredible acoustic version of Blind Faith on, si on the B-side. Hmm. Journey was my favorite band in the 80s. I was always the go-to person for anybody that wanted to know anything about Journey. Steve made my day when he picked Still They Ride. That song really speaks to me. I love that song. You made my aunt's day, too. She was like, I can't believe you picked that. That's yes. awesome. Jesse uh, A little bit after high school, I joined the Navy. By the time I got out of the Navy, I came back home uh, to go to school. All of my friends had moved on with their lives, so I had to start my life over. 
So the lines, this old town ain't the same, nobody knows his name, actually resonated with me, or really resonated with me. Since you guys took Still They Ride and Faithfully, I'll pick Mother Father. Mm-hmm. Steve Perry put a lot of feeling in those vocals. Next, I'll do the obligatory Bon Jovi and Def Leppard picks. I definitely can't leave them out of this list. Chris and I already picked my favorite Bon Jovi ballad, and Steve already picked my favorite Def Leppard ballad. It's great to see we have the same taste in music. Uh, so the next Bon Jovi ballad that I love is Bed of Roses. Well, we didn't mention Bed of Roses because we had gushed over it so much on our Bon Jovi episode. Yeah. And I felt like it went without saying that we feel like that's the greatest power ballad slash love song of all time. And my Def Leppard pick is When Love and Hate Collide. So good. Indeed. I don't even need to ask you guys if you love those songs, too. You do. (laughs) (laughs) Here's a few more of my power ballads, favorite power ballads. Miles Away by Winger, another underrated group. Yep. Uh, Old Man, another quick story. Sorry this email's so long. Anyway, as I mentioned earlier, I was in the Navy. In August 1990, I was deployed to the Persian Gulf. The day before our ship deployed, I stocked up on my music by going to a mini shopping spree at the Navy Exchange. One of the tapes I bought was Winger's new one, In the Heart of the Young. Miles Away was on there. It was so appropriate for me at the time. Uh, okay, some more songs. Don't Close Your Eyes by Kicks. Don't close your... I can't get the note. Um, th- <laughs> This Could Be the Night by Loverboy. Honestly by Striper. Wow, Michael Sweet's yeah. voice is incredible. Calling on You is my favorite song by them, but I don't know that that's considered a ballad. Honestly, definitely is, so we'll go with that. Anything is Possible by Heart. Uh, the Search is Over by Survivor, Forever by Kiss, The Deeper the Love by White Snake, so much better than This Is is This Love. Is that better than This Is Love? I don't know. Uh, it's good, but I don't know. Close My Eyes Forever by Lita Ford and Ozzy Osbourne. Huh. Love, <laughs> love Song by Tesla, and one of my favorite Queen songs, Save Me. Thanks so much for the totally awesome podcast, Never Stop Rocking. I hope we never do stop rocking, Paul. Thanks for emailing in. I'm excited to hear that we're people's favorite podcast. I know. That's so cool. Me and Dave never get that on Mark Out Loud. Stop. And I darn sure never get that on Geek Out Loud. So right now, Kristen, you're in the lead. Aw. Now I have a feeling. This is not a competition. (laughs) I have a feeling Teresa's coming up behind you with old Disney Vault Talk. (laughs) Because you know those Disney fans, they get a little, they get very passionate. They're intense, yes. Indeed, indeed. So um, Dave says we don't. Dave says in the chat, we don't. It's true. We don't get the favorite uh, stuff. So, um, anyhow, we are. that's our emails. I'm doing a terrible segue right now, and I apologize for that. But, as I said at the outset, we wanted to talk about something that was special to us and, you know, we knew would be a, a good for this day um, of speciality. And uh, we thought, what better to talk about i told chris and i'm like you pick a Def leopard album let's talk through it and kristen acted like she was having the hardest time in the world i was now why did you pick we, we talk we're talking hysteria by the way so pull out your hysteria cds uh your hysteria vinyls your hysteria uh cassettes or uh, you know pulled up on your itunes and follow along with us why did you pick hysteria i picked hysteria it, it was the first Def leopard album that i ever owned mm-hmm so I picked it because of that. It's also one of the most like storied albums ever. It's also one of the best-selling albums of all time. And it just it it's it was made to be a greatest hits record and it basically is a greatest hits record. Now, now Oh, I'm hearing myself. Am I breaking up on your end? No, you're good. Okay, I, I heard myself for a minute there. 
freaked me out. <laughs> I was like, why am I hearing me? Aliens. Aliens. Now, is so is would you say this is a sentimental favorite for you? Yes. But it is probably my favorite Def Leppard album. Okay. Now, why this over Pyromania? Uh, okay. Pyromania, because someone on Twitter I was talking to, and they were like, Pyromania is a better album. And I was like, the unknown songs on Pyromania are so much better than the known songs. Like, for me, Photograph and Rock of Ages and Full In, mm-hmm. I could not hear them for, like, years and be fine with it. Like, I'd be good. But, like, I could still listen to Pour Some Sugar on Me every single day, and it's still as awesome as it was the first mm-hmm. time I ever heard it. Now, wow, that's crazy, because I feel like I hear Pour Some Sugar on Me more than I hear uh, Rock of Ages. Oh, see, I the radio up here loves yeah. Pyromania Def Leppard. Okay. Well, see, people down here love Pour Some Sugar on Me. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Isn't that funny how, like, just the different... Uh, different sections and, and get different things but i mean people just i don't even think they know that they love hysteria they just know they love pour some sugar on me yeah and if you play the the album version from hysteria pour some sugar on me people don't know it no they're like what they what don't is this uh, intro yeah they don't they don't hear they hear that intro and they're like what is this but you have to play the love it like a bone 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 and they're like oh yeah and uh you know they're pulling the the pins out of their hair and and swinging their heads and you know whipping their hair around and grabbing the nearest pole and all this stuff it's really uncomfortable when you (laughs) when you play pour some sugar on me around here i guess i won't do that today that's fine you do well you're home you do your own thing (laughs) i uh but my thing is is like i do love rock of ages um and that and it's one that it took me a while to learn to love you know, really? I yeah, I don't know why. Um, I love the I love the intro. I love the you know I've got something to say. It's better to burn out than fade away. But it just took me a while to get into it for some reason. And then, but once I did, once it clicked with me, I'm like, I love this song. And, You're all in. Mm-hmm, I'm all in, and that's how I roll. You know, you know me. That's how I roll. Now you sent me some fun facts about hysteria. Yeah, I did. Do you have those in front of you there? I do. Okay, well let's go through them there. Well. Initially, because, you know, Def Leppard always records with Mutt Lang, initially he was going to produce it, but then he kind of stepped out because he was like, you know, we basically just did Pyromania, like, I'm exhausted, I've been doing all this stuff, like, I'm going to step back. And the person that they actually hired to produce the album was Jim Steinman, mm-hmm. who wrote Bad Out of Hell. Yes. And that didn't go well at all. Um, the whole thing with him is that, he, like Mutt Lang, for those of that that don't know, like he will do note by note recordings, and if it doesn't sound perfect, it's like again, 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 and to the point where it drives artists insane. Yeah. And Jim Steinman was basically like, "Oh, like that's good. The vibe was really good." And the whole story is like they were, you know, they were getting ready to do don't shit don't shoot shotgun on guitar and they hadn't even tuned their guitars and Jim Steinman was like, yeah, I think we got that take. That's really good. And they're like, but we haven't even tuned our guitars. We're just running through it. So that didn't work out very well. So they fired him and they had to, in turn, they had to sell a couple million records to just pay for Jim Steinman. Yes. Yeah. Just so to like buy him you're out. already mm-hmm. a few million in debt. Mm-hmm. Like I can't even imagine. So you're coming in. You're coming into the release of this in the hole. Yeah. Yeah. Good night. And then obviously we know they recorded it from '84 to '87. Three so, years to record a record. Yeah. 
And like people like I because, you know, I asked my aunt and stuff and she was like, there were like magazine articles like what happened to Def Leppard? Where did they go? Like no one knew what happened to Mm -hmm. them. They, They were kind of like, oh, I guess they were just a flash in the pan. And like knowing what we know now, that's kind of hilarious. Yes. Um, it also was mixed from February, May 80 or from February 87 to May 87. So Mm -hmm. that is months of just mixing the final thing. Usually mixing takes like three weeks. Yeah. So that was a thing. Obviously Rick Allen lost his arm when they were recording it. Early on in the recording too, as I'm looking at this, like, yeah, like December 30. So that's probably one of the things that took so long was for him to get back up and going. And I know we talked about kind of playing this at the end, but I want to, you know, let's talk about Rick Allen for a minute. Yeah. Uh, the drummer of Def Leppard. He he was in a he was in a wreck. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing about these guys is they were super young when they got when they hit big. Yeah, and um, Rick Allen was the baby. Yeah. And uh and so, you know, all this fame, it never works out, you know, for for the super young to end up with fame and everything. And all this fame hits them. They've got it. And um and and Rick Allen gets in a, a car accident, correct? Yep. And loses and well, first he didn't lose the arm. They thought they could reattach it, and it didn't take. Yep, exactly. And the seatbelt, he was wearing his seatbelt, and the seatbelt tore his arm off. Yeah, yeah. So you know, fifty-fifty chance, guys. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so he loses his arm, and he decides he's going to continue being a drummer. Yep. He told the band he was like, like I could still play. Like, I, I can do it. And they all kind of were like, uh, okay. Like, you know, they were they were close enough with him. And, like, they were friends where they were just mm-hmm. like, you know what? We're just we're going to let him do his thing. Like, we can do other things while he kind of records it. And they didn't know that, like, he would ever be able to play live ever. Right. And he got that kick, like, constructed to everything that he needed. And figured out how to use... Uh, use his feet to to hit all the things that he, he needed his arm to do, yep. and um and just uh, it's it's fascinating. It is a fascinating thing. But you know they they the guys said we're gonna just kind of let you do it. We'll let you figure it out. And uh, this is a great story about um his his comeback. You know, and, and actually once everything kind of came together for him from from the band themselves it was incredible. He just came into the control room one day and says. Yeah, I want you to come and listen to something. And we went into uh, the studio, and he got his, he got on the kit, and uh, he started playing the intro to "When the Levee Breaks" by Led Zeppelin. And it was just whew, hairs on your arm just went up, you know. It was so cool. It was it was a very emotional moment, you know. There was a lot of hugging and crying after that, you know. It was um, it was stage one of his of his big fight back, you know. We ended up taking a break from recording to go out and do the Monsters of Rock. And then we went on to do, you know, uh, the Donington show, which was, which was just, that was one of the highlights of, of, of my life, really. We'd made a decision beforehand that we weren't going to play on this at all. This was not going to be like some kind of sympathy vote. So we'd said, I'm not mentioning it. I'm not going to introduce him. I'm not doing anything. And by the end of the set, me and Phil were looking at each other going, oh, we've got to say something. It's, it, you could feel, you could feel it. You could feel everybody was there f- f- for us and for him. And I said, oh, I'm going to do it. And I said, ladies and gentlemen, Rick Allen. And the place just went ballistic. 
that was a huge turning point. And just to recapitulate and, and, and remember that whole feeling of, you know, that many people behind you is just overwhelming, you know. And he was bawling his eyes out in the back of the kit, because I think he really needed that. He needed that recognition of acceptance from 60,000 English people, where we'd never broke. We hadn't even sold a record yet in England, remember? Hardly. Because in the dressing room afterwards, it was just... You know, it was, the camaraderie was fantastic. It was the true meaning of, of a gang. We were back. And the confidence that it gave us, when we went back into the studio, we were a different bunch of people. The end of it. Yeah, it's the one thing that always sticks out to me about this group, about this, you know, is these are guys that are friends. Yeah. These are guys that, that genuinely like each other You and, and started out liking each other. Not that, not, not that that's rare for a band, but you... The tragedies they've gone through have really kind of forged their friendships, it seems like. Even like later on in years, whenever you hear them talking, they, they don't really seem tired of each other, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, like there's a lot of bands where, you know, when they get off the road, they're like, goodbye. Like, mm -hmm. don't talk to me. But I know Def Leppard, just from like interviews with them, they're a band that they will get off the road and they'll be like, so I'll see you tomorrow? You want to go down to the pub and get a drink? Like, that's the kind of band they are, which yeah. I think is so, so awesome because it is really rare. Yeah, it, I mean, I feel like it is. I feel like it's not something that happens a lot because you have been on the road so much and that sort of thing. Now, uh, as we're talking about Hysteria, this this was their follow-up to Pyromania. Mm -hmm. And uh, and they had one of those daunting tasks, especially after being, uh, being out for, Lord, years, it seemed like, you know, with nothing new. And with all the tragedy they had strike, with all the things that went down, um, you've got to deliver, I feel like. Yeah, like talk about pressure. And especially, you know, Joe said in that clip, you know, they they were not even big in England. Right. Everyone in England thought that Def Leppard was a band from America because yeah. they only sold records in America. Dead Flatbird. Yep, Dead Flatbird. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get into this actual album here. Uh, and we'll start off with the first track. Anything you want to say about it before we get into it? Well, this was the first American single off the album, and it failed miserably. Yeah, I, I was going to say this was the this was the first single, huh? Yep. And it is <laughs> didn't work out. And it is women. Let's give it a listen here. If it'll play for me, there we go.
interesting song. Yep. Um, I, <laughs> it's not my favorite, you know. See, it, I dig this song. It's it to me. It's one of those things. It is what it is, and um, <laughs> you know, I'm not. Uh, yeah. You compare it to uh, some of the other stuff off this album, and to me, it is definitely the one of the weaker songs on the on the album. It is it, a weird. I like the sound. I like the lead in. I like the intro. Um, the guitars are really interesting and everything, but it just it never it never really seems to pick up where I want it to pick up to. Okay, never catches fire for you. Right, that, that's a good that's a good way to say it. What do you dig about this song? I I really like the lyrics. Again, like we've talked about Def Leppard before. Like you don't really think of them as a band that's like, yeah, let me write all the cool lyrics and let me write a story and all that sort of stuff. Like I like all the different like ingredients, if you will, like of women. You know, love and wild and lady and child. Like I don't know. I just I really like it. I love the guitar solo. Like the guitar solo wails on this song. Um, I think it's a really good intro, so I'm a little bit on the opposite end of you on this one. Well, Cal in Arizona in the chat says one of the best intros to an album. Love it. Yeah, uh, it's Dave good. Jones says the drums are so prominent. As a former drummer, I find it awesome. So yeah, I mean it does have that driving thing going for it. Like it's very steady, very driving. But like I say, for me, it just never really catches. You said it, you know, never really catches fire mm-hmm. um, the way that even the the next one does. Um, and uh and i do really dig this next song um off this album it is it's rocket and it's really interesting it's something i never thought about it's weird i've never really thought about what i'm about what we're about to hear that was on the vh1 making of hysteria yeah. uh, documentary about this song take a listen uh as as the guys talk about rocket no guitars just in the gaps the first thing i thought of when when this phrase rocket got used and we had this hole after it was like the Lou Reed song Satellite of Love. And from that moment onwards it's like okay Lou Reed 1972 Satellite of Love glam rock all you boys let's just take loads of references of that type for our generation of kids to go how many song titles can you get in one song you know how many artists can you name it was supposed to be lyrically again nothing more serious than just a journey through the youth of somebody that was our age So this song ends up Jeez, being. Man. What, I came wait in a minute! Wait! Wait! Album, wait stop! Uh, I... Sorry. <laughs> Jeez, Louise, I didn't stop the thing right. Uh, anyhow. Support Patreon. Yeah. So... <laughs> <laughs> Patreon.com/slash/geekoutloud. Thanks all you suckers who support. <laughs> yeah, remember how I said I'd get better? I'm not. I'm not getting better. Listen to me. I can't do this. It's just the first day. Come on. <laughs> um <laughs> this is rocket. I thought it was. <laughs> there we go. This is rocket.
I never really caught, and this sounds weird because this has always been a song I've just, you know how sometimes you just listen to songs and they're just on, and you just kind of yeah. bob your head while they're on? This has never been a song I've really sung along to that much, so I've never really paid much attention to the lyrics. Um, but Jack Flash, Rocket Man, Sergeant Pepper and the band, Ziggy, Benny and the Jets, uh, you get on down um, to uh, Jet Black, Johnny B, Jeannie, uh, Gene Genie, Killer Queen, Dizzy Lizzie, Major Tom. Uh, they just, they're just, this is kind of their We Didn't Start the Fire. Kind of is. Yeah. <laughs> well, Joe, the lead singer, is like such a music file. Like, he's a crazy, like, he can tell you everything about every band from the 70s. So I feel like this is just his, you know, his like freedom song. Like, yes. you are going to find out about all of our influences and I will make you listen to them and buy their records. <laughs> yeah. And if you dig through the lyrics and you, then you kind of want to, even though they do mention Sgt. Pepper in the band. I know, but that's yeah. okay. We forgive them for well, that. Well, they are British, so you would expect them to have a little bit of a bit of uh, influence from the old Beatles. See, this song to me would have been a better first track than "Women." Really? Yeah, yeah. Wow. See, this was a song that I it's until I saw it live, I was like, eh, "It's all right." But then you see it live because that whole middle part, mm-hmm. like. It goes on for like 10 minutes, but it's just like shredding and awesomeness. And the first time I saw it, Steve, you would appreciate it because when they came out of it, they went into a whole lot of love. Oh, you're kidding me. Nope. Ugh. It's so good. <laughs> oh my gosh. Now I'm wanting to. Like, can we talk? Can we talk? Let me call Jimmy back up and let's talk some Zeppelin now. No. <laughs> He's got to pay for that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a $50 donation there. Uh, $50. This is my place to talk about Def Leppard right That's now. Right. That's right. That's so. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, this is your safe place to talk Def Leppard. <laughs> no, I just, I do think this would, to me, it just hits better as a first track. I think the first track on a rock album should just hit real good. And not necessarily have that slow build up the way that I don't know. I'm not and understand I'm not hating on women at all. I love women. And You're totally hating on women. The, the song and the gender. Um but no, I, I dig the song. I just it never really catches like this one does Because this is one of those that you just kinda all right. It's a good entry. And then with the subject matter, it's a good entry point, I think, into an album. Mm-hmm. I mean, the whole like it's the whole Def Leppard thing where you know Mutt Lang told them you know if you want to play in arenas, make music that sounds good in arenas. Like your songs have to breathe. Yeah. Like you're not in a jazz band. Don't try and be a jazz band. Like make it simple. Yeah, yeah. It, well, Mutt Lang, I feel like Mutt Lang was a bit of a genius. He uh, is a think? bit of a genius. Yeah, yeah. Back so. in Black, Foreigner Four, all of Shania it's, Twain's albums. It is re- like, out, sh- didn't he marry Shania Twain? He did marry Shania Twain. Good for him. Because uh, any man of hers has to walk the line. Anyhow, uh, so yeah, Rocket, great. The next song is a song that has a very special place in my heart. <clears throat> yep. <laughs> because it's a theme uh, that we use often on the old Big Honkin' show. Uh, and it, again, it gets. I always forget. It's so funny to me because I just forget how much... Um, how much drive these guys have. And what their focus is on a lot of these songs is like, I just love making love man it's all about 
Oh, they want music for girls, man. They wanted chicks. They That's got That's right. Exactly. So uh, this is Animal by Def Leppard. Sorry, I gotta do this. I got some feeling in my blood. Whoa! I need your touch, I need your love. Whoa! And I want, and I need, and I love, and I'm up. And this song is where the the album really starts hitting its big stride for me. Okay. I mean, I just, I love this song. Can I go heal Kristen? I oh. think this is my least favorite song. Are you serious? On this album, yeah, wow. and it might be because it's overplayed. Okay. But this song, I'm just like, like I'll like I don't know. I'll be like, I'll skip it. I'll, like I want to listen to the next ones. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's definitely not the best, but to me, it's where it's where it all starts to kind of kick in. The you know, because this really is a near perfect album. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, it, it really is. And uh, and and I just this song, especially when you hit the. I just the thing is, is I love Leopard's vocals. I love the way they harmonize. I love how tight they sing together. I love the way the guitars work together. Their sound is just such a good, unique, so well-produced sound. And this song, I think, shows that off very well. Yeah, this I feel like this is the first song on the album that truly sounds like a Def Leppard song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, it has that, it's got the vocals, it's got the guitar. It, like, everything in the song, you're like, yep, Def Leppard. Take me. Anyhow, um... <clears throat> So yeah, it's and it's become the Animal Apocalypse theme until I can find something different. It is, so. and you'll probably see it live this summer. Oh, I can't tell you. I'm looking so forward to getting up to Atlanta and seeing <laughs> those. I watched the like the big press conference where they made the announcement those two would be touring together. Yeah, and like it was just showing clips from both of their various concerts. I'm like, I cannot wait. I cannot wait. <laughs> it's gonna be great. Even Kiss, I started to get excited for. Right, because I mean they do have the anthems. Yes, yeah, that's the thing. They have the, they've got the anthems and they've got the big shows and all the pyros and everything. So, um, well, after Animal, they slow it down a little bit. Ballad time. Yeah, think you got love in your sights? Watch out. Love bites. That's this is the, uh, this is the distant cousin to Love Stinks, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. 
Def Leppard ballad style at some of their best, I think. Yep. <clears throat> I mean, it's their only number one single ever. Yeah, yeah. It's it, song. And it's not even to me their best song ever. I no, feel like, I feel so like, not. I feel like there should be so much more that should be number one in that place. But this song is just like, like I say, I feel like it's a distant cousin to Love Stinks. It's the more rockin' version of yeah. Love Stinks. Yeah, is it the more rockin' version? I feel like it's a very honest version of Love Stinks. <laughs> There's no sugarcoating. And what is it? You know, Def Leppard has this thing. They really dig the uh, the the before a song gets started, having someone speak or say something, mm-hmm. and then boom, we get into the song. Yeah. They do that on this with that weird computer voice that scares the bejesus out of me when I think about it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's uh, this. It, so this went number one. Yeah. Wow. That's only one. Me. I think it was only for one week too, but it was number one. Hmm. And now, Def Leppard with Love Bites. <laughs> that's that's my bad Casey Kasem, by the way. So. Oh, that was not that wasn't a good one. That's what I said. It was my bad Casey Kasem. <clears throat> well, and then this song had the whole controversy about it too. Do you know about that? No. Okay. Well, at the end, is this the one that they think it says something about Jesus? Yeah, Jesus of Nazareth, go to hell. Like that's what they think it says. But it's Mutt Lang in a Yorkshire accent trying to like have and like imitate the guys in the band and he's saying bloody hell and everyone was like oh my god it's saying jesus of nazareth go to hell it doesn't say that where is that at the end of the song do you know is it at the very end it's the very end all right we're gonna play it here on the rock out loud and see what we got we're 20 seconds out it's gonna be right now oh yeah yeah I heard it just then. It's, 
Yeah, it's just I I I had a I remember being at a friend's house, and he uh, was like, "You got to listen to this, man. You hear what it <laughs> says." I'm like, "No," and I'm Liz. I'm like, "I don't think it says what you think it says, dude." And he's like, "Yeah, but it does, man. These guys are hardcore." <laughs> I'm like, oh, "Okay, buddy, that's fine. That's fine. This is music my mama warned me against anyway. I don't know why you're making me listen to this at your house." <laughs> so. <laughs> Well, this was in the time of the PMRC and all that, like, yes. you know, the Filthy 15 and everything yes. where everyone was trying to find something in any sort of rock song. Mm. Um, I'm, wow, I'm getting really slammed right now in the chat for my Casey Kasem that was terrible. Look, I, call, I said it was bad. <laughs> I said it was bad. You owned it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not like, listen, the, I own the fact that I do bad impersonations, okay? So that's, I have a whole bit about it on Geek Out Loud for crying out loud. Uh, so <laughs> can I just say too I love the lyric in Love Bites are you wild and willing or is it just for show I don't know why the song but... the song I would be uncomfortable listening to that song in mixed company to be honest with you really yeah oh. when you make love so good you know it's like these are not appropriate questions to be asking sir <laughs> these are not what appropriate what do you think questions. of does he look like me <laughs> mm. man anyhow well, next is the big one, I think, off this record. Oh, yeah. Uh, and it's the one that almost wasn't. Yep. Listen listen to this. Appeal to the chicks, man. I came in late on the album uh, because I wasn't going to do it initially. And when I came in, it was obvious to me that the songs we'd written in the very beginning were like slightly dinosaurish. They just They were two years old, basically. So I kept saying, we need another one, we need another one. And as we needed another one, another one, there was more and more resistance, to the point where right at the end, the band actually had a meeting with the management to say that whatever Matt says, they're definitely not going to get another record on the, another song on the record. Me and Mutt were working on the vocals for Armageddon It, which was the 11th track on the album, and as far as we were concerned, final track. Uh, five minute coffee break, Mutt disappears. I go into the control room, and we always had an acoustic guitar knocking around just for ideas. And I started playing this thing that I'd had for, a, I guess, a couple of weeks, which went... Something along those lines. Mutt comes in the control room and uh, asks me what it was. And uh, I just said it was a, you know, just this idea that I'd got and just, you know, no big deal. And he said, no, 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 that's, that's the best hook I've heard in like five, ten years or whatever it was. it was. I like to think ten, but it was probably five. And um, he said, we should do this. We should absolutely do this song. And, uh, of course, I'm, you know, thinking, no way that the guys are going to go for it. And I just knew that we didn't have the record yet, so I said, what the hell are we going to do it, you know? We end up recording it quite quickly. Um, and... Uh, I think news that we'd written a new song that was that was really good wasn't wasn't what the record company wanted to hear because the record had taken so long to record we were spending huge amounts of money making the thing they just wanted us to finish the record and get the thing out you know obviously in hindsight it was really it was really good that that Mutt stood up and said no I really think this is this is what we're missing Myself and Mutt Lang. Pour some sugar on me, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I, I don't know if this is Def Leppard's opus, but it's definitely um, one of the greatest songs of all time. <laughs> Here we go. Step inside, walk this way. Sing along if you have to. Hey, hey. 
And of course, you got an air guitar. going <laughs> you know i'm looking at the time i'm like oh we got half the album to get through i mean what can you say about pour some sugar on me Kristen? that hasn't been said uh, you can't really say anything that hasn't been said it's perfect it's so good it's such a good arena song uh i uh, i love this song I just, I, it's one of these songs that you can always just jam out to. And it yep. jams. This song jams. And even if you don't know the words, you sing what you think the words are because yep. you're American and you don't understand, you know, the, some of the terms and the concepts. But the uh, I'm red light, yellow light, green light, go. Crazy little woman in a one man show. Oh. And you're just like going right there with them. And then you hit the, do you take sugar? One up or two! I just absolutely, uh, it's just so, I can't help but sing along with it, even badly. Right? Like, I love that this song, too, is like the saving grace of Hysteria, because my aunt went to two shows on the Hysteria tour. The first tour, like, the first go-around was when Women was the single, and she was like, the spectrum was half empty, there was no one in there. And then the second time she went, it was hard to get a ticket because it was sold out, Couldn't basically. Couldn't get enough. Couldn't get enough. Yeah. So it's like this al- this song pushed them over what they needed to like break even and then some. Mm-hmm. They- I know the, um, the one dude from Mercury Records said that they sent out 450,000 copies of this single in one day, which is basically going gold in a day. Wow. That's crazy. Like, that's so nuts. Like, that never happens anymore. <laughs> well, that's how good it is. I mean, that's how good the song is. And, and I mean, can you imagine being, I, I don't know if you can imagine being alive back then, but can you imagine hearing this on the radio for the first time? Like, what is this? Right? Like, I wish I wasn't so young when I heard it for the first time so I could, like, have recollection of it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I know. It's one of those things that just seems like it's been there forever and ever. It's um, so good. It just fits right into the whole thing. So... Uh, it's good stuff. Uh, you can't really do much but gush gush over the thing. Uh, the next song is another one that it took me a while to learn to love. Ooh! Um, yeah, I know. Um, I always dug it. I'm like, that's pretty good. It's pretty good. But then, it's again, it's just one of those things where I had to get past you know, my fascination with the, with the hits. 
and kind of, you know, not this wasn't a hit, but you know what I mean? Like the big, the big mega ones. Yeah. And, uh, and even and, though it has your name in it, Steve, well, that's what really hooked me on. I'm like, I got to hear this again. What's going on? Come on, Steve. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, this is, um, this is Armageddon it. Let me go ahead and play it. Yeah, I don't know what my problem was. And you got to understand, when I talk about it, it took me a while to warm up. I don't mean I've recently warmed up to this song. You mean it took, like, two lessons? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I'm saying, like, uh, like you go, like, the first real Def Leppard album I had was their best of that was The Vault, you know? Okay. And so you're rolling through, Lord, post po, po, po some sugar on me. Uh, I've always loved Let's Get Rock since it first came out. Um you know, uh, Rocket, which is another one I've always dug, and Rock of Ages. You know, I'm listening to all these things, and I just kind of keep bumping around the CD, and then I hit Armageddon, and I'm like, because again, understand, remember, not a big, not really a lot of exposure as a kid growing up. Like, all this stuff I had to find later in life and kind of get plugged into and hip to and everything. And, um, and then when I finally just kind of stopped and like, all right, let me just listen to some of this other, these other songs that I'm not as familiar with. Which I know it sounds weird to say I'm not as familiar with Armageddon, but I wasn't at the time. Okay, so sue me. Um, I forgive you. Thank you. <laughs> and I start listening. I'm like, oh man, this does jam. This, you know, from the guitar licks to the to the percussions, everything about this just jams. Yep, it's meant to be. It's one of those songs that gets meant to be played in an arena in front of all those people. Like it has the parts where you sing it and everybody pumps their fist in the air, mm -hmm. like. This is one of those songs where you're like, this is going to be awesome live, and it is. <laughs> and uh, and I, he does say my name in it. He's like, come on, Steve. Of course, he's not talking to me, but I feel like he is. We can so, pretend he is. Yeah. Now, the question is, what does Armageddon it mean? And, uh, well, Joe Elliott explains, ladies and gentlemen. Is there a story to this first song? I don't really know. Um... I mean, uh, a bizarre English sense of humor like we do. The phrase Armageddon it. 
kind of meant it was like, I am getting it. So, you know, you'd say, are you getting it? I'm a getting it. I'm a getting it. You kind of, you know, it's kind of a hick American thing. I'm a getting it, man. <laughs> to us English people, is I'm a getting it, dude. So, um, there isn't really a story behind it at all, other than the fact that it sounds a lot like a T-Rex song. Yeah. Intensely so, because we grew up listening to T-Rex, Mark Boland, all that glam stuff, and we kind of stole the rhythm and uh, built our own little, little thing around it that actually means nothing whatsoever, so... You had to be there, really. Yeah, but great to, point. Yeah. You had to we be there. We still can't spell it right, can we? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh... I love the fact that he's like you had to be there. <laughs> he he's, he tells this whole thing about you know it's kind of like you know it's kind of like a British guy saying oh, I'm a getting it and you know or Hicks saying I'm a getting it but you had to be there. <laughs> it has no point at all. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I think it's hilarious. I think it's hilarious. Um, the next the next song on the album is one we've played before on the show. I think it was in our first episode. It was that uh, that that you played this and. Um, and wanted to rock out with uh, Gods of War. There it is. Kristen, uh, we got to stop real quick. We've got a special caller coming in right now. Hello, hello. Hello. Derek Russell, ladies and gentlemen, has has in- invaded Rock Out Loud. Oh, I'm an hour off. No, I'm on your time. You're on my time. <laughs> totally. <laughs> time zone. Hey, buddy. Derek, you're here. I don't, want to, I don't want to interrupt. I just want to say hey and... Uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. Really proud of all the work you're doing. Well, you're here and, with uh, your long-time listener. You're here with Kristen. Kristen, you, you got us now. What hey, up, Kristen. Derek? What's going on? Nothing. How you doing? You're in Disney. I'm, I'm in. I am in Orlando. I'm poolside at the moment. Are you where? Where are you staying in Orlando? I'm actually I'm in St. Petersburg. I was just in Orlando for a day. Well, what? What? That makes no sense to me. What you do? What you can? How is Saint- we're not talking about me? We're talking about you. How is Saint- I didn't go? I didn't go to Disney because you didn't meet me. Well, I had this going on. <laughs> Far more important. How much have we? How much have you raised? Uh, I don't know. I think last I checked. Let me see real quick. Um, it was over seven. Yeah, seven thirty-two. Let's, let's, sh- a let's month. throw it up on the board. Seven. Seven thirty-two a month. We're at seven thirty-two a month. That's, so, that's fantastic. It you is. can quit your jobs. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> Maybe one day. Well, I don't, I, I don't want to interrupt. I think I'm early. I was trying to call in at a specific point. But okay. you, you guys continue. Well, hey, a I'm lot listening. Of, a lot of people are wanting to know about um, Starkville Labs. Uh, let, let's, let's throw it down this week when I get back. All right. Sounds good. Sounds great. All right. Well, Derek, have fun on vacation. Tell Wesley, Uncle Steve so, said hey. So good to talk to you. Kristen, call, bye, Derek. down the fort. Call, Goodbye, all. Call back I later. Try. Call back later. Uh, Will do. Bye. All right, bye. So speaking of the gods of war, Derek Russell calling in. Come on in, man. <laughs> Good night. Good night. Now, on gods of war, um, let me get a little further into it here. Good night. This this song.
thought we had some audio on this, and we do. I, it gotten out of order, Kristen. I'm sorry. That's okay. <laughs> the production on the fly. And sorry, and, and of course, it's so good to hear um, hear Derek call in. I know. It, it puts you on hold real quick, and I'm like, what is this thing doing to Kristen? <laughs> I know. I was like, what does this mean? I'm on hold. What did I do? <laughs> I'm listening to Gods of War without you. <laughs> uh, let me let's play this let's play this clip about Gods of War. All the White Snake lads, we went down to see Def Leppard. And I remember thinking that, as everyone else in White Snake thought, that Def Leppard were using uh, vocal tips because the background vocal sounded so good. I remember asking them about it afterwards, and they said, oh, no, no, it's just us singing and whatever, and we didn't believe them. But now that I'm in the band, I know it's absolutely true. I mean, Def Leppard is a rock band that can sing. And this, this is the chorus I was telling you about with all the different voices. like a, a stereo uh, amalgamation of everybody's voices very chopped so you get this it's just like a chorus type effect and then we add the BVs So the vocals in this song again, you and you hear the dude talking. Who is that? It's talking about it. That was Rick Savage, the bass player. Thank you, Rick Savage, talking about it, saying, you know, we'd asked, and and now no, being in the band, I know that it's not. Now, interestingly, someone said that when they do like the the back masking on Rocket, I think it was, mm-hmm. they're actually sampling stuff from Gods of War, sticking back. They in are, that. yeah, yeah. yeah. It's backwards. We're fighting for the gods of war backwards. Right. It's so cool. It's such a cool song. It's got a cool sound. And uh, and and again, just hearing those vocals go and the way they... It's amazingly produced. It's an amazingly produced album. And I love it is. song. And it's one of those things like, you know, like he's saying when he's talking about all the different voices, that's something that when you listen to it, if you don't know that that's there, you don't hear it. Yeah. But it's like, it's... It was so thought out that it was like, no, we're going to do this. Like in Rocket, they had them standing around a microphone like monks making these weird noises to enhance the, the guitar sound. Mm-hmm. So it, there's so many different layers to all these songs. It's incredible. And it's stuff that if it weren't there, you'd miss it. Yeah, You don't exactly. really think like about it being there. It's so insignificant, yeah. but it's huge. But if it weren't there, you'd miss it. Uh, the next the next track on the album is another one that I know that you love, Chris. Of course, you love all these uh, tracks but, i know but i know i know you absolutely love this one because it's one that you sometimes say you should play this on the big honking show <laughs> yep <laughs> it's very big honking show appropriate it is it is it's uh don't shoot shotgun don't shoot shotgun
two things I want to say about this song, Chris, and I'm going to unleash you. Okay. Um, one, remember when we talked about driving songs? Yes. Such a good one. <laughs> it is. Uh, and secondly, secondly, sec- uh, secondly, um, that was my bad Elmer Fudd impression. Um, secondly, this song really, it feels, this song feels everything I love about the 80s. Yes! I mean, it really does. This song, just the feel of it, incorporates everything that I love about the 80s. So, Do you know who the really big influence behind this song was? What band? I do not. ACDC. Ah. They wanted to do, like, a short, like, kind of, like, snotty, like, you know, punky kind of vibe song. And that's why the lyrics are really super short. It's really super quick. Mm-hmm. But they just have, like, I don't know, they have that swagger. It's got, you song. know what, and I was thinking, it, the minute it starts out, I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, wow, this, and, it, and I'm amazed at how much is so driven by the percussions on this album, especially considering Rick Allen's situation, right? Yep. Um, but this song, it just kicked in. I'm like, man, this sounds, this is such a percussion-driven song. Every time I hear it, and now here, now you telling me that, I'm like, I can totally see this being an homage to ACDC. Yep. In that song, I can totally hear that, you know, because they do have that. It's got that driving drum that doesn't get too crazy, and it's got, but it also, you know, it's kind of driving the show mm-hmm. as much as everything else is. It's so good. It's so, present. It's not like you know front and center, but it's just it's that that whole freight train thing. Yes, where like, nope, yes. we're gonna keep chugging along. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, they go from they go from not shooting a shotgun into running right, Kristen. Yep. Here we go.
Okay, remember everything I said about don't shoot shotgun? Uh-huh. This is another one that just let, makes me... It, it's got that 80s rock feel to it. You know, yep. the drums, the, 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 the lyrics that are sung almost as if they're chanting them kind of in a way or rapping them. Not really. I hate to use that term rap. I hate to invoke that word. But you know what I'm saying? The more spoken, they're most speak singing than It's quick, singing. yeah. It's like shouty. Thank you. Thank you. But it's shouty without being like shouty. Yeah, exactly. It's not like death metal. That's right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Death metal. Yeah. Do you want to know a fun fact about this song? I, oh, I want to know fun facts about every song. <laughs> this song is Joe Elliott, the lead singer. This is his least favorite song. Really? Yep. He's like, I've always hated the song. I feel like it's not. He's like, it doesn't fit in with the album. I feel like it's incomplete. Like, it doesn't feel, like, finished to me. But, yeah, I love this song because it is so different from most Def Leppard stuff. Like, someone in the chat was like, Punk Leopard, and it is. It's very it's very punchy, and I love yeah. that. Yeah, it, it does have that punk feel to it, I guess. It's probably more close to what I was trying to say. Um, I can see where he would say he doesn't feel like it fits in on the album. It does definitely have a different sound. <clears throat> and I and it would have been interesting to kind of sit and listen and say, well, what else can we do to it? And no one really know because because what can you do to it? It's a good song. Yeah, it's seriously, song. I I love like the rebellious lyrics. Like, this is probably the most rebellious song on this record. Like the whole you know, living by the law is a bloody necessary bore. It's just like yes, I'm like a, a like a, a kid and I'm a teenager and I just want to like fight things and yell and I hate everybody. Like this is that song. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's um. It it's it definitely makes you want to kind of punch a wall. It does, <laughs> so, which is interesting because it's it's seated it's saddled up right next to the title track for this album. And I want to listen to this before we play the clips that we've got from it uh, about them talking about the production of it. Okay. Yeah. So let's play some hysteria. This song. It's so good. I mean, is there is there such a thing as a perfect song? 
Yes, you this know? one. I mean, it really is. It's so good. You know, it's like, to me, this is one of those surprising things about Def Leppard. Uh, and it, I guess it, you know, we talked about power ballads last time, and I don't know that this is really a power ballad, but it's got that smooth, just feel. It's, it's a love song. It's, okay. um, you know, and 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 when you look at the album cover to Hysteria, you're like, this is just metal all the way through, man. Yeah, and then like you weird hit, faces. Yeah, and, all that. and then you hit Hysteria, and you're like, this is metal that I can that I can cuddle up to and love, and just it's just so good. <laughs> And, uh, you know, and the thing, I think one of the things that makes it so good, I know one of the things, is just the guitar work in this thing. Absolutely. Is is the way that it is composed for, like, ten guitars playing at the same time. Yep. <laughs> Two guitars? Who needs that? We're going to do, like, 13, That's okay? right. That's right. Listen listen to them uh, talk about some of the making of it here. I went around to Phil's place, and he was, he was, he was going, I've got this idea, it's like a... This. And I was like, it's funny you should say that, because I've got this other idea, and it kind of goes a little bit like... And he went, yeah, that's good. And out of that came his steering. Me and Steve Clark had developed this guitar thing, which was like harmony chords, and we never played the same thing at the same time. It'd be lead, rhythm, rhythm, lead, bit of both. The idea of making the guitars sound melodic as opposed to simply heavy and kind of locomotive, it was not unique, but it was unusual in a band of their age. Just make it a lot different to the, to the regular run-of-the-mill kind of rock guitar thing, which is like a, a rhythm guitar just playing... Uh, Uh, and with a song like Hysteria, um, you break that up into totally different parts. You know, you'd, you'd have one guitar going. Instead of doubling it up with uh, that again, the other guy would be playing. And you'd also have another guitar over the top going. I mean, who does that? That's so crazy. Who do, I mean, I don't know enough about music to be able to say, well, that's not common, but I can tell you that it is just absolutely, um, it's, it's, it's so good. It's, it's crazy to think that, like, though, like, that many guitars playing, like, just those little bits make up that song. Like, they don't play the same things, and you're just like, oh, my gosh. And then, like, I know the whole dilemma with them was when they had to play it live. They were like, well, what, what is the part that make it, make it that song? Because yes. we only have two of us. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, it, um, I'm, I'm trying to think of something I saw where they were talking. No, it was in the, it was in the Jericho, Chris Jericho interview with Phil Collin, mm -hmm. where he talks about, he's like, it took us forever to figure out how to do this. And then we realized that Steve had put two guitars on this thing. Yeah, and uh, I think you were talking about photograph though, the how much how hard photograph is to play live, and how long it took him to figure out how to play live because of that. It was just, um, 
it, it the, the the style and the way that these guys it's genius and that song you just feel every guitar riff and every guitar chord in that song hysteria it's one of those it's one of those songs to me and i go back to something we've talked about before it's one of those songs you feel yep you know and and i absolutely uh feel in love hysteria it's a perfect song for what is quite possibly one of the more perfect albums out there it is and i feel like how the drums drive don't shoot shotgun the guitar drives hysteria yes definitely definitely and let's not get away from the fact you know we've talked about the vocals we've talked about the drums and now we're finally really talking about the guitars kind of a little bit more um this is this i think this is a good album to look at and you just see how talented these guys are Oh, yeah. You listen to those tight, tight vocals that they have. You listen to the... I'm sorry, Rick Allen is is just a... What he did to overcome the loss of his arm and to really develop this, this technology to play the drums the way he wanted to in a rock band. Um, you can't... You can't deny the, how much talent these guys have. They're not just a bunch of screaming rockers framing on some, you know, electric guitars. No, they got some cred. They've got tons of cred. Tons of cred. Well, we're rolling into the last two here uh, of this album, and uh, this is Excitable. Are you excitable? No. Are you excitable? Yes. Are you excitable? (laughs) Are you excitable? Are you excitable? Are you excitable? So, Kristen. Yes, Steve. Please tell me this is a concert starter for these guys. It's not. They hardly ever play it. Oh, my gosh. This is the perfect concert starter. It's so good. Like, Let me clap. Let me go crazy. Let yes. me scream. This Definitely. is one of my favorite songs, too. And the one year that I did not go see Def Leppard because they toured with Poison for the second time, mm-hmm. I was like, I don't want to see this tour again. I just saw it. The one year I don't go, what do they play? excitable of course they do yep that'll teach me not to go see jeff leopard <laughs> by, by the way Kristen, i stuck a little link down in your uh down in the chat there for you i'm clicking the Skype it. chat um so just based on some stuff from the uh mixer chat um 
This is a. It is oh a song. It's a, it's a song that you just want to throw your hands up in the air and clap to, and just this is a headbanging song too. Oh yeah, this, this is, is a party song. Mm-hmm, definitely, definitely a party song, and and more people should be playing it at parties. I think. So. Um. Yeah. Get on it. We close out uh, hysteria with um. Probably my favorite song on the album. <laughs> probably Kristen's favorite song on the album, and just from the title though, it's so funny. It, it's a funny title based on everything else that you have on here. Love and affection. You know what? I can't multitask um, because I get I get to li- I'm doing some stuff and I start hearing, uh, and it's just like I'm just kind of listening to the music while I'm doing it. Right? It's um, like no, I can't pull this down. Yes, I know, and it's uh, and I can't I can't stop. This is a great song, and it's a great way to end the album to me. Yep. It's, it's like that steady driving song. Like it's not you know a crazy rocker or a party song, but it's that kind of like sending you off into the night song. Exactly, it really does. And and uh, with love and affection. Mm-hmm. Love I just I love the lyrics of like you know you got the fire, I got the heat. Can you handle it? And like I got the heart, you got the beat. Take a chance. Like I love, I love, I love, I love this song. Yes. Yeah. It's a, <laughs> uh, well the whole album. I mean we've said. You know, the whole album is is one of those things that's just, it's a solid, from, from top to bottom to me, it's a solid album. And even the songs that I like less on the album, it's not, when, that's the thing, a lot of times when you say, well, I'm not a big fan of this, or I don't really like this as much as people think that you're, you're crapping on one to raise up the other, and that's not necessarily the case. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that for me, it's not my favorite thing on the, on the album. I still think this is just a great album from start to finish. You it know, is. but you're gonna have even in the greatest when you've got twelve tracks, you're gonna have your favorites and you're not his favorites. Mm-hmm. So, and that's that's fine. 
I love to I feel like hysteria really encapsulates like that moment in time that it was released like came out in 87 like it really just is like this is if you want to know what music was like in 87 listen to hysteria yes definitely and you know and it is it is that it it, it is that definitive Def Leppard sound you mm-hmm. know, throughout and with enough variation in some of these things that you never, it, it doesn't sound like just like Pyromania, but you know who it is. Yep, exactly. You know? And it, it was, it was a great follow up to Pyromania. And I feel like a better record than Pyromania, to be yeah. honest with you. Um, you know, just from a, just from a quality of music standpoint. Now, they would not release another album, uh, with Def Leppard until, 92 92 with adrenalize yep and um well, because they had the other tragedy you yeah, had steve clark steve dying clark died. yeah yeah um and so uh and so you know this is a band that's gone through a lot and uh you know great behind the music if you can ever find it i um, posted it on our facebook page well kristen posted it on the facebook page so check them out and also watch that vh1's making of hysteria it's yeah. that it's so good it is so good um and uh and check that out and and you pick it up if you can uh of course their stuff's not available digitally yet you know as far as some of these original releases and everything but uh it's easy to go over to amazon.com and and pick up a cd uh buy them they're in stock they've got them they're not going to not sell you their music for crying out loud no it's there do it buy it so make sure you pick that up and and uh and check it out. It's it's definitely worth having in your collection. Well, Kristen, uh, you got some final thoughts for us on uh, Def Leppard or on Hysteria, I, rather. I feel like this is the perfect this was the perfect album to talk about on this awesome day. And this album, it, it's one of the best selling records of all time for a reason. This is an album of my childhood, and I will always, always, always have this album with me. Like no matter where I go or how old I am, I will be like ninety and jamming out hysteria. <laughs> it just transcends time. And honestly, everyone should just have it in their collection. Like go buy it if you don't have it. Do you want to get right? And I echo everything Kristen said. Uh, <laughs> Kristen, thanks so much for taking time out of your Saturday to not only do this, but to hang out in the zoo crew the way you have with the Mixer Zoo crew and everything and um, and uh, and be a part of everything that's going on with the Patreon launch day. And I've dug doing Rock Out Loud with you, and I'm looking forward to more and more. Heck yeah, it's been a blast. And I will be in the chat all day, so I'm not going anywhere. Sorry, yeah, sorry, Doc Zen. I'll be in the chat all well, day. There are a couple of people you're going to need to keep in line. And if I need to bring the band hammer down on anyone, let me know. Okay, so, I'll, I'll, I'll text you. There you go. <laughs> you can email us at rockoutloud at gmail.com. Rock out loud. Is it rock out loud? For email? Wow. Rock out loud pod. Thank you. Rock out loud pod. Because that Rock Out Loud is the title that everyone had something for, and we had to get rockoutloudpod at gmail.com, rockoutloudpod at gmail.com. Of course, we're on Twitter at rockoutloudpodcast, right? No, I think that's rockoutloudpod, too, on Twitter. Okay, rock out, thank you. I'm, I'm losing my mind here. <laughs> Good Lord. It's facebook.com slash rockoutloudpodcast. Yes. There it is. All right, got it. So let's let's start over. 
rockoutloudpod at gmail.com. Email us. We'd love to hear from you, and you can tell us how we're your favorite podcast. Twitter.com slash rockoutloudpod. I have all these things set to automatically log in and everything. Uh, Facebook.com <laughs> slash rockoutloudpodcast. Kristen does a great job of keeping the conversation going. Posting videos that you may find, amu- find amusing or find engaging or interesting. Check them out and uh, join the conversation. Of course, patreon.com slash geekoutloud is where you can go to become a monthly supporter of the Goaliverse. And uh, we hope to grow and get bigger and better and better and better for you, the listening audience, uh, because we love you guys and have a blast doing this. Thanks to everyone who supported the show thus far today on the Goal Marathon, hashtag Goal Marathon. Uh, we're talking Joseph George, Riley, John Swinner, Michael Hynips, Jason Hackett, Greg, who put us over the $50 mark, Matthew Crowder, who put us over the $100 mark, Kristen, who's doing the show right now, yeah. Colin, Carissa, Andy, Wendy, Doc Zinn, uh, Ken, Will, uh, Will, Naomi, Nicole, Daniel, Phil, Hill, Steve, uh, Alicia, Alex, Christopher Titchenel, Bo, Jason, Rebecca, Kay, Stephen, Michigan, Grant, Jacob, Calvin, Jamie, Teresa, Keith, Chad, Jimmy in Georgia, and another Jimmy, Jennifer, and another Matt that's not Matt Crowder. My Lanta, guys. So many people chiming in, chipping in to help out in such a big way, and I can't say thank you enough. We're not through rocking out. We'll be back again later this week with another Rock Out Loud. But until then, I'm Steve. I'm Kristen. Rock on. Rock on, guys. Bye.